Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're watching this. Welcome to Vibe 25 Podcast. And today, today is kind of like mm, rainy, gloomy, but I had such a great night at class last night. So shout out to all my dancers who came out and danced all the drums and the energy was so high. So I'm so high off of that energy. Um, today is actually episode six. Can you believe that? Episode six. Whoa, we spoke about... Men in dance, uh, pivoting in dance, pursuing what you love, the traveling dancer, the injured dancer. But today our topic is dance, more than just a show. And I'm so happy to have with me today, Christopher Lee. (laughs) Thank you so much. And Christopher is a tourism and cross-cultural communication consultant. So, um... Chris, you were in my class. Uh, yeah, it was really good. I'm really bummed I missed the one <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, so I, I was so happy to be able to to use your talent outside of dance because you're a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, you you said you're like a past dancer. dancer <laughs> no, yeah. you're still a dancer. <laughs> but when I saw that you are in tourism, I said, "Wow, this is such a um, a great way for me to like pull your brain and and get all the information." Mm-hmm. And show the world what you have inside your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chose this topic today because I used to dance in the hotel sector. And I loved it. I love hopping from one hotel to the next. And communicating with the the, um, yes. the tourists and the guests. And e- being able to show my culture through dance. Um, but, you know, you would do the, the landship and the same dances for the past, what, 15 years. And I felt like, wow. Where is the change? There is no change. How are we showing that Barbados and our culture has evolved in so many different ways through dance? And just our culture in the hold. So I said, you know what? I'm going to reach out to Chris because he is, you know, a tourism consultant. And I really wanted to see how we can twist or manipulate or show that dance is not only just a commodity. It's not something that you can just... Put in a bag, a stilt walker, a madasali, a shaggy beer, love dancers, and say this is what Barbados is and this is what dancers are, and um, give it to the world or, or post it to the world and say that uh, what it is. And so I'm so happy that we had a conversation prior to this, and mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. we were all so passionate about it that it evolved in so many different ways. And through this conversation, the first conversation, Chris would have told me. I have a few friends that would, you know, love to put a little twist to it. And so we have Valencia James, who is a performing artist and a dance technology researcher. So, I mean, wow. She's awesome. That's so awesome. Like, have you ever heard about a dance technology researcher? That's crazy. So Valencia's have traveled all around the world. She was in Hungary. She's in Cuba. Cuba. She's in the UK. UK. And now she's in San Francisco. Wow. So she's really had such a a very um, diverse diverse experience. Yes, yes. So we're going to have her a little later on. But right now, uh, Mm -hmm. Chris, you can give me even more background on who you are, um, your dance, your dance background first. I need to hear <laughs> how you started true, dancing. True, I, this is the, the kind of the foundation under which we're starting these conversations. Yes, yes. Right? I need some little background about dance and, and why you chose dance as a male dancer because men in dance is something taboo. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. still in Barbados. And um, you can go on to tell me why you chose tourism consul- consultancy. Sure. Yeah. No, of course. <laughs> so uh, my relationship with dance really started just by accident. So I was in Canada, mm-hmm. and they were really looking for more male dancers. So they gave out free classes. And I was based in Stony Creek, which is a really small town, okay. really close to Hamilton. So probably about an hour, hour and an hour and a half outside of Toronto. So I started doing the modern and a bit of the, I never did tap, modern, ballet, uh, improv, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So over time, because I was always, though, in the creative industry, I used to act, I used to sing. Okay. So it was something that I said, okay, this is a new way to kind of utilize so what, my body. So what age were you around that time? I was about, um, if I left, yeah, I probably was about 12. I was okay. about 12, 12 years old. Wow, in Canada? Yeah, in Canada. Okay. And I think my mom also saw it as a great way for me to get fit because from 6 to 11, I was a bit chubby. Okay. A little bit chubby around the waistline. <laughs> but, you know, it was a great way to, you know, stay fit. It was yeah. great for just overall expression and another way that I can just utilize my creative talent. Mm-hmm. So I got into that and then kind of fast track that into coming to Barbados. I got a scholarship with the Barbados National Dance Theater. And okay. there is when I really started to explore um, not just the, the normal traditional forms of like ballet, modern, and so forth, and like tap and so forth, but it was more like Afro, African, Afro Caribbean, Caribbean folk. Yes. And it was amazing on one hand where I was able to explore these areas, but on the other hand, I think I definitely went through a very uh, a teething period whereby people kind of saw me and said, because maybe I'm Asian, mm-hmm. so my, ba- my family's background is predominantly Chinese. So I said, Well, who's this Chinese boy? And he's trying to do this Afro Caribbean yeah, dance, yeah. Caribbean but I was so into it, and oh, we wow. had to perform. So I did things at EBCCI, I've mm-hmm. done things at Front Color Hall, and yeah. it's been great trying to break that barrier of being someone that's saying, You know, um, any dances for everyone, and all types of dances for everyone. So I was able to explore another culture, another element, and also see that segue difference between the traditional West African movements, which is what we were taught, Mm -hmm. versus the Caribbean folk. Yes. yes. And then I guess that lends itself to my industry, which now comes to tourism, where I I worked in over 10 years in the hospitality and tourism management industry. Okay. But um, I think we're going back to our topic about looking at tourism and dance is just more than just a show or more than just a commodity. Mm-hmm. It helped me to really understand that a lot of it is an expression of culture and mm-hmm. cultural identity. Mm-hmm. And I think that whenever a guest would come to me at the hotel, for example, they, there were so many different assumptions they would have of me and I would have of them. So they mm-hmm. saw me and they said, oh, you must be a general manager. They must have imported you in. What? How do you really know about Barbadian culture? Wow. But they weren't trying to be mean about it. Yeah. It's just that... Barbados isn't known as a a country necessarily that has a lot of Asians. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people who don't know much about the Caribbean, they mainly know sea, sand, and sun. Yes, and you do have Trinidadian background. Right, so I have, like, my dad's Jamaican mixed with black and white and Chinese. My mom's Trini, Mm -hmm. you know, I was born in Canada. So, and not everybody, every guest I came across really understood the diversity that exists in the Caribbean and now more so in Barbados. So it became really a platform and an opportunity to have that discussion with people, to enlighten them and to show them, hey, wow, okay, they, they have all these different aspects and elements of Caribbean and Barbadian culture. So also you and yourself have some sort of cultural identity because you have so many different things, melting mm-hmm, pot things coming together that you, you yourself, you, have you had um, some type of cultural mix up in your mind like what you are who you are mm-hmm. based on the fact that you know you look Asian but you have no problem doing Afro-Caribbean dance 
have you had any like you know conflict in your mind about that for sure i think the biggest conflict really came when i came to barbados when i was wow. in jamaica jamaica is it's it's more diverse um ethnically mm-hmm. so and the general identity in Jamaica is we're Jamaican. So when I, people say, oh, what are you? Then they'll be like, oh, you're Chinese, you're black, you're this. Even though, yes, that did exist, but that wasn't an issue for me. I just saw myself as Jamaican, and that was that. But then um, coming to Barbados, because Barbados's history is predominantly black and white, mm-hmm. I was being asked to identify as someone who's white or someone who's black. And I knew wow. I was neither. So I think dance really helped to be a really good conduit for me to be able to see that it's culture and identity can be so fluid mm-hmm. and that I can kind of I can move around figuratively and literally into these different spaces and I can identify and take different pieces and connect with different aspects of it that's so good I don't wow. know if that makes sense that makes so much <laughs> sense it makes so much sense I, you fi- I find that you, you your words are perfect um so let's talk about culture identity mm-hmm. um in the tourism market in Barbados I find as though um you see, Jamaica is like one love, roots, rock, you know, reggae. Um, Trinidadian is like the, you Parang know, parang and, and carnival, and carnival and soca. Um, and when we had our conversation, uh, we were asking ourselves, well, what is Barbadian culture? What is our cultural identity? Mm-hmm. And we can go all the way back to slave times and the plantocracy mm-hmm. and realize that we, this country, is based so much on the fusion of Afrocentric and Eurocentric mm-hmm. um, cultures coming together. So I was saying, you know, we have to know, accept the fact that we can be chameleons. We can just adapt to different places. Like, you know, anywhere you go, you can see a Beijing. You hear that all the time. <laughs> anywhere yeah, you go, you're going to see a Beijing. So it's just so amazing to see that as dancers, we can go into different spaces and do a modern like if you like in my choreography last night i had afro-caribbean but i mixed up a little leg a little modern and then went back into the arm <laughs> it so, was hot <laughs> so you could you could do so much as a as a unit as a culture in barbados and even our landship technique is a fusion of um ballet which you have like very straight back and then you do the wangalo which is like very african so i find that we have such a very unique culture that we now can identify. I think we should be able to identify it and then, you know, give it to other persons. I think, and again, this is kind of referencing our conversation that we had with Valencia, which will come into the one today, is that it's a, it's a matter of understanding that because it's fluid, our culture is constantly evolving. And mm-hmm. so we have that past where um, we have the West African and the is there but we also have the british mm-hmm. but then as barbados is changing and we have more people coming then that's going that's going to start to influence the way we move the way we behave the way we interact mm-hmm. um when it comes to talking about that old time saying about you can find a beach in everywhere i think you're 100 percent right i think barbadians are very versed at assimilating into other people's culture but i think one of the things that you had brought up to us is how do we now try to maybe maybe represent that our culture now and showcase it a little bit more so that there's a bit more of a balance. So it's not just that we're assimilating and we just pick up their habits, but mm-hmm. then they start to learn and benefit yes. from some of the thing, the habits and traditions that we have because yes. there's a lot of value in that as well. Yes. Yes. There's something like when I was in, um, if it's one thing I remember about being from the Caribbean, which I'm so proud of, 
is the sense of community, mm-hmm. the sense of you know really trying to bind, um, come together and helping each other out, the sense of um, just joy and just enjoying life and, and the different thing life has to offer. And I think that we need to understand that is a value in itself, yes. which is partially why going back to the whole concept of tourism, when yes. a lot of people come to the Caribbean islands, they want to see our culture. They want to see, they want an authentic experience. Yes. They want to relax. And when I say relax, they don't mean to someone says relax. It's just, just being around us free lends itself to being like, okay, you know what? Yes. There's the beautiful sky. There's the water. Just, mm-hmm. You know, just chill out. Just just keep it easy. And mm-hmm. it's a soft skill mm-hmm. and a soft type of influence that we don't even realize yeah. that we have. Yeah, even our accent, you know. Sometimes, even, we know they hear the taxi guys, Pahana's accent, taxi, taxi. They <laughs> you just, want a taxi? Yeah, they just, <laughs> no, just give me your Bajan accent. Right. I say, we got a taxi for you right now. Mm-hmm. But going mm-hmm. back to being in the um, hotel industry and dancing, I feel as though... We can now evolve. Mm-hmm. We can switch our culture in a way that, um, you know, how Valencia has something called uh, AI, which is artificial. Dance and AI, using yeah. artificial intelligence and dance together. Right, which yeah. is like technology. I feel as though we can use social media technology to, to market Barbados in a way that is unique and different, but still authentic to our culture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think it's just a matter of embracing it. And I think that's just in general in the Caribbean. We're so used to the offline space and the face-to-face. And that's a lot of other cultures too because yeah. I'm based in China for the last four years. And a lot of those interactions, they prefer this physical um, face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm. But I think what's beautiful is that there are a lot of tools that are being developed within technological tools that help us to still get as realistic as is possible um, an experience of what that music may sound like or make you feel like. It will never replace, in my opinion, an online, an offline space, mm-hmm. the, the, f- the physical feeling. Yeah, but definitely. But they definitely can, and De- Valencia will tell you more about it, it will definitely help to create a better depiction on, um, on a movement or a, you can talk about the thought process mm-hmm. and then by extension, just the visual in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think it helps really a lot. And so I th- hope that a lot of creative persons that are listening to this podcast right now will say, that realize that utilize it help it to amplify and enhance what skills you have and also to reach a broader audience because mm. with offline the challenge is geographic space but with sure. online you can have anyone from as far as like you know antarctica then all of a sudden being like whoa what is this like fusion like for example your dance with yeah. like afro-caribbean and with different other types of modern movements yes yes perfect i love it okay so do you have anything that you would like to... I don't know how your sector works in the tourism industry, mm-hmm. but if you had a chance to, say, have conversations with world leaders, mm-hmm. what is one thing that you would, would want to implement in the system, in our um, cultural system, that we can promote Barbados in a different way? Well, our dance <coughs> culture in a different way. Actually, not even dance. The cultural industries. It could be mm-hmm. music, dance, art, anything. What's one thing that you think we can do or change or add or implement in the system? Mm -hmm. I think there needs to be more discussion and training on exactly what I'm doing, cross-cultural communication and engagement. And when I say that, it sounds very airy-fairy, and I think a lot of people just see it as, oh, well, I travel the world, or I have friends from different places, so I'm very in tune to cross-culture. But cross-culture really goes a lot deeper than that. And 
it's about understanding first step one to acknowledge that there are different cultures and cultural contexts. So when someone, when you're dealing with somebody from a different background, even within the Caribbean, whether someone's from Jamaica or Barbados or Trinidad, that there are just certain historical and cultural nuances that are there that mm-hmm. that help you by being aware of them. It helps you to learn how to engage and relate to that mm-hmm. person a bit more. Mm-hmm. Or even if we're thinking along racial lines, like someone who maybe is Black Caribbean versus African American so different yeah it's right? true so the first step is understanding mm. the second step is having um these type of tools and workshops that really focus towards um helping to build that soft skill of how to then understand and in, and utilize it to in to help build the relationship process mm-hmm. so it's not just me looking at you megan and say okay megan is a black barbadian with who's a dancer it's about saying okay well what are her cultural contexts and how can she how can that creative side as being a dancer being a somebody who also embraces technology and helps to um, add value to that relationship, whether it be in business or just generally in the international relations scope. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I think the best refer- point of reference we're looking at right now is how China is really trying to engage with many different countries around the world, especially yes. in, in the case of, let's say, the Caribbean or in, in the U.S. And China is very one when it comes to culture and dance and so forth that they're they are very big on utilizing. Because I think we have something called the Fish and Dragon Festival here, right? Where we do like a, a cultural exchange. Exactly. Uh, I think they would come here and do like a, a, a performance, authentic Chinese traditional traditional dance, and then we would do our traditional dance. So, exactly. And I think a few Barbadians have gone to China as well. To, yeah, to we have a lot. We have a few Trinidadians that go every year as a part of a scholarship. Um, that go to the Beijing National Dance Academy. And when they come out of it, they get to showcase Caribbean dance. And so there's a a huge demographic of persons that would never have seen it before. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's a traditional stance, but it's because that relationship's still at the very beginning. So we're still at the element of just general sensitization, saying, hey, there's Mm -hmm. this other culture out there. Mm -hmm. These are different elements of this culture. But uh, the more and more that they get used to it and the more we have these people-to-people exchanges and these conversations the more you start to go a little deeper and say, okay, but what more is it to it? Because as we're saying in line with this whole topic, it's more than just something to put on the stage. It's more than just a show. It's a tool that you use for understanding and building relationships. That's kind of where my whole thing comes from. Yes, I love more than just a show. For me to answer the question, I asked you, if I were to have the opportunity to be amongst world leaders, I would say the only thing to grasp or keep in authenticity of our culture is to teach the kids like to get into the schools to get into a, a learning space right. where our culture is fused down to the bottom so you have a case where um i find that kids are really good at technology or like the, oh, t- sure. the tiktok and all that thing going oh, on sure. but if they can find a way to understand who they are where they come from and their culture and when I use dance in this case, like understand, you know, nothing is wrong with doing African dance. African dance can be cool. Um, folk dance can be cool as much as hip hop dance. And I think that when you keep that if, if in your blood and who you are, if you want to fuse Barbadian culture or, and export it into somewhere else, it would be cooler and easier. Well, I think that's when you're thinking of, you said world leaders. So when you're looking at world leaders or leaders in general of a country, mm-hmm. you're, you're much linking it to their responsibility for building those policies. It's true. You see, and so the same way that we desperately need, I, I, in my opinion, a language policy in Barbados that helps to encourage people to learn languages as, a, as, an, as an immediate part of their... Like Mandarin and stuff like Mandarin, that. Mandarin, French, Spanish, Dutch. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the same thing with culture, I think. It's a matter of translating or evolving. You keep, we keep using the word, how do we evolve? So evolving the maybe the normal history lesson, which we would have previously done about Christopher, Christopher Columbus, Columbus <laughs> and say, okay, well, there we have a way more dynamic and diverse history than Even that. Even so more we do exciting, that? you know. You know, so that needs to be written into policy and into syllabuses and programs. So yeah. that's that's exactly what we're saying about. For that. sure, for sure. Okay, um, I think we can go to a break right now and. Valencia will come on. We're going to get our so headphones and listen to give her a call. Hello, Valencia. Can you hear us? V? Hi. 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 Hi, Chris. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Well, so we are ready to roll. So, We're recording uh, right now. <laughs> so uh, we'd just like to officially welcome you. Yeah, good, good. Well, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for um, for jumping on the call with us. Um, as you know, we're doing a, a talk on dance more than a show, and we would love to just kind of get your input. Um, but just to start with, you know, we were just talking about how uh, dance is something that shouldn't be just seen as just a commodity, and that in, when it comes to culture and even just showcasing that culture to the world and embracing that, that it's something that's constantly evolving and for something that we need to have a bit more, you know, just, just recognize that it has that ability to have that international presence outside and something that is of value. So, you know, having yeah. you on and knowing the, you know, myself, we've been friends for a very long time and knowing that you've traveled all over the world and been able to have that cross-cultural exchange. Can you talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on uh, the whole theme of dance being more than just a commodity? Yeah, sure. I can uh, weigh in on, 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 on how I, I feel dance um impacts my life and for me it's just it's just very necessary as necessary as water to my um psyche and and um and just my passion and my way of expression um for me dance is something that um is a medium that i can really unpack um a lot of very um deep emotions and questions um it's how i i think i can actually i can actually probably word it like, like i think by dancing my moving body is the way that i can really understand complex um concepts and break them down and even come to new um new ideas and new concepts so it's just not it's not only um it doesn't only stop with the movement, but I can um, really connect ideas and form um, new concepts through um, interrogating um, my moving body. Wow. If, I don't know if that makes sense. It no, makes so much so sense. That's lovely. Yeah. And your new concept is no um, AI using um, artificial intelligence and dance. Well, that's, that's, one, of, that's one of the... Um, subject areas that I approached through dancing. Um, my, my initial question was how will artificial intelligence impact performing art in the future? We see how it's impacted hotel industries, for example, mm. with Airbnb and kind of aut automated um, way of, of presenting other um, alternate forms of, of, um, of accommodation or even um, like self-driving cars and, and what's going to happen with the future of um, 
of just, you know, tax, taxis um, and just transportation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's going to happen with performing arts where, you know, it's very much based on our physical bodies and presence? Um, could a computer even, like, replace that or what would it look like? Um, and so I delve into it with, like, with the first question of, well, could I ever teach a computer to dance? Can is that something? Wow, this is a, something seen as very that's human. A crazy so, question, <laughs> right? It felt like crazy, but we we're like, oh, let's let's see, can yeah, we do it? Like you know, so yeah. So and this is 2013 in Hungary. We got this uh, research grant with um, my husband Botan Bognar, and then we found some amazing creative technologists: Gabor Pap, um, Gaspar Haidu, and then um, Alex Berman. He's a Swedish. Um, technologist who works with uh, machine learning, which yeah. is uh, a part of artificial intelligence. And so um, together we uh, came up with this first prototype where first we figured out how to digitize dance. So how do you make dance something like a computer can? Sounds like we're having a little bit of yeah. technical difficulty. So v, if, if you can just let us, can you still hear us? Wow. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I think V Breaking can, up? Yeah. yeah oh. You're breaking up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I can hear you. Can okay, you hear it's coming back now. So <laughs> go ahead. So so you got the grant, and so you were working on with um, this pati- these particular set of persons that deal with machine learning. But I think one thing that was really interesting for me was when I got to see kind of a demo oh, display cute. of how you had the Am sugar I good mill. Now? The windmill. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that was, that, and that was interesting to me because oh, yeah. it was your way of also yeah. showcasing your culture, mm-hmm. in but in a very new age, modern way. Yes. So it kind of ties in really well yeah. to what we're talking about, embracing technology, but still also... Giving paying homage to our roots and yes. our heritage. So, um, can you talk a little bit yeah. more about that decision? Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, so that's coming from from directly from this of the project where I was um, working with an avatar and and um, improvising this avatar that was like in this virtual environment. And I always felt like, how can I get into? How can I bridge the physical and digital divide? So that's where. Um, I got this idea through the pan, you know, the pandemic has um, closed theaters and I'm in the U.S. So uh, everything is, is so shut down. How can we have still live performance um, and capture that even in our living space? So that's where I started um, investigating. And there's this project that we started with um, uh, some technologists here, Sorb Louie and Glowbox, called Volumetric Performance Toolbox, which is what um, Chris got to see the other day where I um, dance in a virtual environment and um, in an um, online immersive space, which is called um, Mozilla Hubs, which is a social virtual reality platform. And I thought, okay, well, if, if you can have performance online, well, you can have any, you can dance in any virtual environment that you want. And so I was very much thinking about my connection with my ancestors. Wow. And then I found that this ruin this um, like this uh, photogrammetry um, kind of scan of the Annenberg sugar mill in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Okay. And it's very, diff- it's very similar to the sugar mill ruins that you see in Barbados. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's get that into the, into the virtual reality platform. And then they're able to, um, 
to scan my body and I could basically um, dance inside this uh, virtual um, sugar mill. mill. Yeah, sugar mill. Yeah, That's yeah. Amazing. So we're looking at how how to how to have performance like so so the performer can can be seen as they are in their like full physical form in a virtual environment because right now like when you see like video games you see avatars yeah so you don't see the actual person mm -hmm. but but we um we were researching to find a way how to like basically have um like a video feed a live video feed of me and put that into um a virtual environment Wow, that really, really, so, that sounds amazing. And we really look forward to seeing more of that type of work because definitely for me, I think it, mm -hmm. was a, it was a great combination of just, again, heritage and expression of culture and dance and then tying it with embracing kind of the digital and technological tools. But something else also like in line with what we're talking about in terms of that cross-culture communication exchange and identity, you know, I know that, you know, going to Hungary and being a, a, a black dancer in there was something of a you were seen as something as very exotic or something very unique but then you also face some challenges can you talk to us uh talk us through a little bit about how you navigated through that space and maybe some of the the experiences that you had yes um so i mean it was it was really a, a blessing to travel to and, and live in a place like hungary uh, and so i you know i had like exposure to so much there um at the same time yeah like 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 you said like I, I was the only black female in in the dance and theater uh, world there and so what i found was that um even though i was getting really great opportunities like the lead role dancing on the biggest um stages and interacting with um you know very senior um performers uh i found the role was very much rooted in I think I think we have you broken up again can you yeah. hear us <laughs> so while we're trying to get Farming art things oh. like hypersexualization yeah I can hear you still okay, oh, I'm sorry about this. Um, can you hear me yes, yes. go ahead keep going mm -hmm. yeah you're good I, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna Yeah, so I found like a lot of the roles I was getting very much rooted in um, stereotypes of, of black female um, uh, formers, like the hypersexualization of the black female, or just kind of seeing me as a kind of all animal, like an animal-like way. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so after a while, I just realized, like, okay, I, I need to step away from this and. Instead of relying on a choreographer to tell me what to do, I need to have my find my own voice and so people um, because you know they have not in Hungary you know there hasn't been much um, too much actual interaction with black people and so what you find is that they rely on a lot of what they see in the media or in books and even though they didn't have a like a history of culture, mm -hmm. can you hear me? Yes, mm -hmm. uh -oh. yeah, you're good. <laughs> you okay. can still hear me. Oh, yeah, that's great. C could you understand what I was saying? Uh, yeah, slightly. <laughs> yeah, I think the part that resonated most with me is what we had talked about. It's about us being able to 
um, to find our own voice and our own voice within a foreign uh, foreign country. space or yes. foreign country yes. and understanding how to yeah. take the different influences that are around us and and appreciate them but still also being able to fully give that representation of who we are as well and and seeing that fusion come together instead of just because what, what what Megan was saying before and as well as I you know how we can say Barbadians can easily assimilate into so many different societies yeah but it's not just it's not good enough necessarily to just assimilate and take on their reality and their culture alone. It's also there's also value added in us being able to show where we come from and our different traditions and our culture as well. And I think like that's a yeah. part of what I understand you did. I mean, even I remember you us talking yeah. once and you're talking about when you had like a Afro Caribbean dance class and that's such a great thing as well. Yeah. And your dance your dance yeah. vocabulary is so varied because even though it's Afro Caribbean, because you did study dance as well in Cuba, mm-hmm. you had a, a completely evolved style as well. So it wasn't just Barbadian, it wasn't just Cuban, it was a very big mixture. Yeah. Yeah. Well Valencia- Yeah, it was around that time though that I was breaking through that I was breaking away from, you know, my that dance company and in my own voice was right when I was doing the class. That was like a vehicle. For, for me to find my unique Awesome. So I, I'd ask you the yeah. same question as well as I asked Chris. Um, if you had the opportunity to be with world leaders, um, make decisions um, about our culture industry here in Barbados in relation to what you're experiencing over there in San Francisco, uh, what is one thing you would do? Like what is or one say. Th- or say or try to contribute to? So if so, if I have something to to um, ask the leaders of the cultural industry in Barbados to do, or what what is needed? Yeah, um, in regards to dance, not only being a commodity or just not being a show, but you know something that we can be, yeah, yeah, more authentic. Yeah, mm-hmm. very important. So infrastructure for year long uh, the creation of dance is there. We need to have some kind of uh, a program that would that would go and give funding creatives to work around. I think Chris because said the same when thing. we <laughs> Chris said the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's too much of a seasonal kind of um, approach. So so Our crop over. until a certain certain um, occasion. For, but if there is this ongoing and you know and dancers will find voice and be able to dig deep into the culture like you can have Mother Sally as as a starting point and really make a huge like a whole ballet about Mother Sally and what that means wow. and really diversify the way and the language that you're saying I mean it's not that we need to do something different no, I think we need to just get dig deeper right, into what it means. It. Expand on it. Yeah, what does it mean to us today? Like, yeah, we've had these forms for years, and it's preserved those um, that way of expression. But then, what else? Mm-hmm. And I think this would also be so much more dynamic to then even showcase to our 
anybody that's in our island and in our shore because it's showcasing that complexity of the yes. culture. So yes. even speaking back to the overall topic of that tourism experience, yeah. you know, I think people want something authentic, but they also want something that's dynamic. Yes. And so in talking about what your those type of programs, I definitely agree. I think it yeah. would elevate and help us to... Also, another thing that just came to my mind, um, when we think about tourism, we are thinking about, you know, Caucasian, white persons, but our our Asian or whatever, but also Africans are tourists here too. And they want to see, you know, like anybody that is black but of a different culture, Mm -hmm. they want to see how our cultures are so intertwined, Mm -hmm. are so, like, so similar, like the foods we eat, have mm-hmm. a different name, but they're still the same thing. Yeah. Uh, the way how we move, like if you go anywhere and you see a black person move, it just feels the same or similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, or anybody that is in Afro Caribbean dance, because you've been in 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 right. any dance that is mm-hmm. no black dance. So yeah. If you go all around <laughs> the world, I feel as though you you connect more when you're more authentic. And so, what I'm saying is that. Tourism doesn't only have to be for, you know, the... Well, it's for everyone. I think that's yeah. the word. And and it's, and, and, it's not a, and it's not just for a tourist as well, because mm-hmm. there's in this expression and going back to these type of programs that Valencia is talking about and I'm talking about mm-hmm. is that there's a there's an immense benefit that we, the host or we, the, the persons that are a, a, a part of the product that benefit as well, because yeah. we start to understand our own identity more, yes, yes. you know, and we start to as yeah, well, yeah, as like as dig deeper, right? Go ahead, yeah, like human. I I feel like if we if we come um, go beyond just like enter, thinking of it as entertainment as a show, mm. what what is there? What's happening? It's a human connection. Correct. How can we with our audience with each other as 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 just as people as human beings mm-hmm. that take us? Yeah. Awesome. I feel like if we see ourselves as more similar than different like what you're saying megan yeah i feel then you can come to you can really diversify the the expression and deepen it make it yeah make it more than just the superficial um lights and you know glitz and glamour that's true <laughs> yeah awesome so i think we, we've got enough information mm-hmm. i love it um Valencia, is there anything else yeah. you want to contribute to the conversation before we leave I just want to say that, um, that, that just want to thank you for uh, reaching out to me and including me in this conversation. Um, you know, like last night when we were um, having a, like a free conversation, it, it really is so many things that came up and, and I love what you're doing with this show and, and you and, and Chris, like these points that you're bringing up are so, so important. So I just want to commend you guys you. and I would love to, I would love this this to just like be a starting point. Like there's so much more, you know, that um, that we can like continue this conversation and and broaden it. And I would, I just can't wait to see right, what guys. what comes from it. You know where it goes. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited to just be in be in community and connection with you guys awesome. <laughs> and and the wider. Um, community in Barbados so I miss y'all yes. oh, we miss you too <laughs> once things ease up you guys you and your family can come down but yeah. in the meantime you know, yeah. we're, we are so equally happy that you were able to take the time and share your experience because as I've always said to you I feel like I'm one of your biggest cheerleaders like 
all of each person has their Thank own you. story to tell and there's such a power in that story and your story is very inspiring and it really added value to the conversation here today um and it, yeah and it, thank and you chris we'll for your our views reimagine and rethink the way that we think about ourselves our culture our tourism product mm-hmm. and just and dance dance is just yeah. something again more yeah. than just a commodity yeah more than just a show yeah i can't wait to see yeah there's so much potential in Barbados. i mean like you know what we can continue to do to advance you know creative art in Barbados like there's a lot and I, I can't wait to work on it with you guys <laughs> okay awesome thank yeah. you so much so, what time is it there okay, right now take care. it's uh minutes to nine, nine. okay <laughs> all right yeah. we'll see you then yeah. yeah okay take care all right okay, take bye. Care. have a great day bye for having me. No, you too. have a good day bye Wow, that's so much food for thought. I feel I like it really just took the whole conversation full circle and hearing it from two different perspectives. Yes. Um, it really just... And you guys share the same sentiment. Yes. <laughs> she didn't even know what you spoke about before, you know? Well, so. we've been friends for a long time. And I feel <laughs> like we, we've had a lot, we've had these opportunities to have these conversations more frequently. Mm-hmm. But again, this is, this is the starting point, like she said. You yeah. know, it's, it's by having these type of podcasts, these conversations on these different topics that explore the different aspects and elements of dance, on identity, on culture. And once you start with a conversation, then it can hopefully then segue into some sort of action or mm-hmm. policy then being created. Also, um, the reason we do this podcast as well for Vi25 is to reach the mainstream world. Mm. Anybody that is not in the dance community, because we all share the same views. But a lot of people out there are not a part of the dance community, don't know about, you know, thinking about dance and AI and all these things. Correct. So it, it really um, opens your appetite to what dance can do for the community. I agree. So, yeah, um, I really love this conversation. It was amazing. Thank you so much. Before we <laughs> end, one question. Um, what do you think we should do going forward, like in terms of tourism, going forward in anything? Well, I mean, there's so many the hotels things, are shut down to, right now, right? right? And what if we open back? What is something new that we we'd want to okay add to the so stage stage one for me would be we need to just we need to get in ready mode, which is we need to keep up with, with the training. We need to get the cross cultural sensitization coming about. We need to reimagine and re think about our what we're offering and realizing how much more we have to offer mm-hmm. and not just stick to that traditional sense of sea, sand, and sun, mm-hmm. as well as looking at that the only the traditional markets, such as the US, the UK, Canada, are the only ones that we really want to come to our shores. So I think that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. So we need to have that type of training and discussion. Yeah. And then the thing is, is that when we open back up, it's about then making sure that all of our, everyone in Barbados, because at the end of the day, I think there's a, this whole concept that only tourism workers, only people directly in the field are the ones that need to be prepared for this industry or for something that exposes us internationally. But the reality is tourism is a platform mm. that can segue into different international business ventures, investment which and trade, which mm. is a really big part of what help keeps our economy alive. Yeah. And I think that it's those type of soft skills we need to make sure that everyone has so that we can learn to engage with people from all around the world, help to understand their different cultural contexts and nuances so that way we can start to build more sustainable and long-lasting relationships. And of course, all of this should be done in like a very regenerative approach because um, our people and by extension our different resources, like our natural resources are a big part of who we are mm. and we need to value it and take care of it. Ooh. 
I love it, love it. Jams, jams, jams. So good. <laughs> so many jams. Um, thank you so much, Christopher. You're a, you're a delight to listen to and to watch. Oh, <laughs> same could be said here, Miss yeah. Michaels. So thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate this conversation. And if you guys have any other, um, anything you want to drop in the comments below about this entire discussion, Feel free to give all of your information. Um, if you know anybody that wants to contribute to the conversation as well in a monetary way, like in terms of doing funding and scholarships and teaching, um, we'd be happy to be open to anything new. So, guys, thank you so much for watching Via 25 Podcast. And until next time, thank, thank you. Thank you, you later. Chris. See you later. <laughs> Bye. <Bye-bye>. Bye. <laughs>